I'm Jerry Willis. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, August 3rd, 2020. I'm Trey Inkst. Major events that have nothing to do with COVID-19 are affecting humans around the world. Mexico is torn between its Catholic heritage and culture and what happens when reality strikes. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. More than 17 million people around the globe have been infected with COVID-19 since the pandemic began. Ongoing conflict and natural disasters are adding another layer of difficulty in ensuring the health of global citizens. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer, about important stories over the past few weeks not related to the virus. Each Monday, we'll have the news you may have missed amid the coronavirus pandemic. Starting first with COVID-19 updates. As the number of global coronavirus cases approaches 18 million, each country is operating differently. In Russia, total cases have surpassed 850,000. With thousands of new daily cases, experts warn a second wave is unfolding. The Russians lifted most lockdown restrictions in June and declared victory. While international borders remain closed, cases are still domestically spreading as restaurants and bars are open in large cities like St. Petersburg and Moscow. Now to Saudi Arabia, where strict protocols were in place this weekend for the annual Hajj pilgrimage. Last year, 2.5 million people took part in the Eid ceremonies, while this year around 1,000 people gathered in Mecca and were required to be socially distant. 70% of the participants were foreign nationals who live in Saudi Arabia. All of the people who attended were between the ages of 20 and 50 as the government looked to manage COVID-19 risks. Finally, in Israel, there are currently more than 26,000 active cases of coronavirus as the country suffers a massive second wave. Israeli authorities have put into place very few restrictions due in part to the economic stress on Israel. Thousands of Israelis gathered over the weekend across the country to protest against the handling of the coronavirus outbreak, along with the corruption charges that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu faces. These are all extremely important updates, but there are also other major stories developing around the world. We saw dozens of protesters, mainly women, um, clashing with, with the police in Mexico City on Saturday after the Supreme Court has rejected an injection to decriminalize abortion um, in one of the states of Mexico. This is Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. Currently, only two states out of 32 in Mexico allow abortion until the, sex, the 12 weeks of pregnancy. Um, the activists were very hopeful that it will make a history, but um, the four judges against one um, sided against them. Um, it's a huge thing now because um, during the corona, and we see it in other places around the world as well, even in um, modern countries or um, more modern countries than Mexico and even here in the Middle East, there is a growing concern with um, domestic violence and rape of teens. Um, and so there was a spike, unfortunately, in cases of young women and sometimes teenagers. I read a story about an 11-year-old that has been turned around from the hospital because um, abortion is illegal. Um, so Mexico is torn between its Catholic heritage and, as you mentioned, um, right the, with the um, culture and what happens when reality strikes. 
So, um, yeah. It's a difficult story, and I think that it is a story much of Latin America will face in the coming years, and that is this new debate between women's rights and religious rights. It's a debate that exists in the United States on a state-by-state basis, specifically around the issue of abortion. So it's a tricky territory for governments, I think, to walk. And it's an interesting line that you'll see more conservative governments take, especially those that have a close connection to the political heritage of the countries that they're representing. I do want to move on to our next story in Hong Kong. This past week was a busy week in terms of news out of Hong Kong as it relates to some of the protests around security laws, the umbrella protests, and how that is all tied into upcoming elections. We do know a lot of the loudest voices in Hong Kong, some of the more familiar faces of the movement, are now trying to actually take what they learned in the streets from the protesters that they stood side by side with and actually move that into the government. But they're being blocked, I understand. What's the latest that we know out of Hong Kong? Yes, the latest that we know is that the election that was supposed to be in September, in less than a month, has been postponed for at least a year. Um, the governor there uh, have said that it's because of, it's actually a chief executive um, claims that this is due to the recent spike in COVID-19 cases. But as you mentioned, opposition leaders um, are voicing the concern that it's not uh, due to the COVID-19, but another step into imposing um, the national security law that has been implemented in, on June, last June, a couple of months ago. Um, this law gives Beijing powers to shape life in Hong Kong. Um, and some of the people that um, have been voicing um, their concerns are saying that this is the end of democracy in Hong Kong. Um, Hong Kong used to be a British territory, but in 1997 it was transferred to China. And ever since, uh, we see attempts by China, attempts that now have been successful, um, to um, monitor and um, bite into the democratic heritage of this country. Um, we re- all remember back in March 2019 the massive demonstrations of the people of Hong Kong, mostly led by students. We remember them barricading themselves in the universities. Um, most of the international media was covering this, and now we see less and less coverage because of the corona. Um, I think that we have witnessed before, and we talked about it before in our Monday's edition. Um, also, um, the Hong Kong government has issued an arrest warrant for six overseas democracy activists, including a U.S. citizen, um, and this is the first time that the law, the national security law that it was imposed on June, is now being applied outside of the region on foreigners who do not reside in Hong Kong or China. So it's, it's a concerning development. You've been listening to You're Not Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. Hong Kong is an interesting story because... 
the actions the United States continues to take in an effort to punish China, I think, ends up reflecting on the people of Hong Kong. And whether it was ending the special trade exemptions for Hong Kong or putting more pressure on the Chinese government in Beijing, it will be a story to follow about how that plays out for the pro-democracy demonstrators and these agenda items that they actually want to see in a new government if elections do end up taking place in the future as they've been rescheduled to do. I remember being in Hong Kong this time last year, and there were hundreds of people, even in the airport, trying to bring international attention to this story. And like you said, the coronavirus outbreak has really shifted the focus. The last major story I wanted to cover today is out of Belarus, and that also has to do with elections. What do we know about elections there and the candidates who are running? Um, the elections there are coming up in six days. It's, um, and it's going to be, I think, one of the most important elections that the country has carried out. Um, the current leader, Alexander Lushenenko, has been leading the country since 1994. And um, so far, he hasn't been opposed yet. Um, but this time, um, the wife of a jailed opposition leader, her name is Svetlana Tichanovskia, um, she has decided that after her husband was prisoned a couple of weeks ago, that she's going to run against the leader instead of him. Thousands have rallied in Minsk in the, and in other countries in support of uh, the new opposition candidate. Interesting to say, she has an all-women um, advisor's team, and these are the biggest demonstrations uh, Belarus has seen. Um, so, for the first time in his term, Lushenenko is threatened, mostly because of the economic situation that has been worsened, um, especially by the corona pandemic, but is also very, very concerned about the massive turnout that um, in just a couple of weeks she managed to uh, bring about. So, it's going to be interesting. He has been, um, in recent weeks, had dozens of journalists and opposition leaders have been arrested. One of the opponents that was supposed to run a few months ago and decided that he wants to run was banned from entering the, the election bid. He used to be the ambassador to the U.S. and he fled the country. Um, human rights groups have called for uh, his release and um, the release of um, the um, other people and are voicing great concerns that the elections are going to be rigged and they cannot do anything about the election procedures and the results. This year, because of the corona and uh, COVID-19, there won't be any international observers watching. That's an interesting point to bring up, the concept of international observers and where people will be able to monitor elections from and if elections can be monitored in the way they were historically. I mean, having nonpartisan, impartial, objective observers for elections around the world directed by international bodies is crucial, especially in elections that aren't being talked about all over the world, simply due to the fact that corruption can easily bleed into the electoral process. 
So that is certainly a, a story to follow, and it will be unique to see the outcome by this time next week. And finally, before I let you go, our good news story of the week. I think this is the story we have the most trouble picking, and maybe that's a good thing because we're finding the the light amid this very dark time for the entire world. What is our good news story this week? A good news uh, story of the week is um, the story of Mama's bear that finally arrived home. Um, it took me a while to write the story because I kept hearing up. It's such a wonderful moving story of the power of love and the power of social media. Um, and it comes from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, Mara Sorinao um, had to move apartments and when she moved, she put some of the things, you know, in the curb and she wanted to um, put it out on the truck that she rented out. When she came back, she saw that one of the boxes was missing. In this box, there was a teddy bear, a custom-built teddy bear that was dressed in a red and white dress with hearts on it. And her, the voice of the teddy bear is the recording of her mother's voice and citing her last loving words. And the recording says, I love you. I'm proud of you. I will always be with you. Mara's mother... Marilyn died in June 2019, and that's Mara's most cherished item in the world. So Mara posted about the stolen bear on Facebook, and it went viral. Everybody wanted to help, including the local police and friends on Facebook, and among them was Ryan Reynolds, yes, (laughs) the actor, and he joined Zach Brief, and he pleaded to the he called for the return of the bear, and he said he's willing to donate five thousand dollars for this for its return. The bear showed up on uh, Mara's footsteps four days later, and now Mama Bear is finally home. And remember this: I love you, I'm proud of you, and I always, always be with you. That's a great story. I remember seeing this throughout the week and the reward that Ryan Reynolds offered. And there were a couple other celebrities that got involved as well. And I was just thinking, there's no monetary price you could put on a recording like that. And what a, a beautiful story that it ends up. She gets the bear back. You're not feeling a senior Fox News field producer for our news. You may have missed segment on the Fox News rundown global pandemic. You're not. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.